0: Hi, I'm Rob, and thanks for discovering season one of Two By Guys. We hope you enjoy it. So in season one, we recorded everything in person. It was pre-pandemic, and we used professional sound booths. And as you'll hear, the audio quality is pretty great. But it was also very complicated and expensive. And when the pandemic hit, Those booths became impossible. So, in season two, we tried recording interviews locally while chatting on Zoom, which kind of worked, but the audio quality was spotty. Sometimes people made manual mistakes with the recording. It was a huge hassle for me to receive the files, convert the formats, compile the audio, edit by hand. I knew I needed a better solution if I was going to continue the podcast and Zencaster was that solution. The thing that was most important to me, knowing how the process works, is that the audio gets recorded locally, not over the internet like Zoom does. When you get up to seasons three and four, you'll hear how good the audio quality is. It rivals what you're about to hear from season one, which was recorded in professional sound booths. And it's so much easier and cheaper. Everyone can record from home with whatever equipment they have, even just a laptop's built-in mic. And then there's the editing and post production. I used to have to go through every track manually, reducing background noise, mixing volumes and levels, making sure my guest and I were synced. Now, Zencaster post production takes care of all of that and delivers ready to upload files. So, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, I highly recommend Zencaster. It's easy, it's affordable, and it's very reliable, and the sound quality is great. And now if you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter promo code 2BUYGUYS, you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot slash pricing promo code 2BUYGUYS for 30% off your first three months. It's time to share your story with Zencaster.
1: Hello, and welcome to Two Bye Guys. I'm Alex. And I'm Rob. Welcome. And we are so excited to get into episode two here, because we've been getting so many questions from people from Instagram, from Twitter and Facebook. This would be a good episode to answer some questions that folks have been coming in.
0: And lots of questions that I always get when mm-hmm. I'm talking to people about this, and from friends and family, and yeah. many people have similar questions. So we kind of want to answer a bunch of those rapid fire, and lay some foundation for the kinds of things we're going to talk about with guests on
1: future episodes. So without further ado, uh, we'll dive into those questions. So one question that came up was, somebody said, do the two bi guys go through periods of having more of an affinity for one gender over another?
0: Isn't it called sort of like the bi cycle? Have you heard that term?
1: I have heard that cycle. Where it's like cycling between
0: sometimes you're more interested in men, sometimes you're more interested in women, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're more interested in things that are not defined by gender. Uh, I definitely think that's been true of me.
1: Yeah, and I think there probably have been moments in my life when I've been more drawn to men or or more drawn to women on a given day, a given week, a given month. But I actually feel like at, at times that that being that draw that I feel is not my attraction shifting. I'm not more or less attracted to a specific gender. I almost feel it's it's more this kind of bi quota. It's a, It's mm-hmm. a kind of feeling like my bisexuality is no longer being validated if right. I haven't slept with a woman in two months. And I've thought a lot about this recently that I feel like it's just kind of like a certain insecurity that I have about mm-hmm. my sexuality.
0: I felt that way too when I was Exploring this, like I needed proof that I was still bi. Actually, there was another question we got that I want to jump to. Yeah, he's somebody as as a bi man. I sometimes feel like the grass is always greener on the other side. When I'm with a woman, I constantly think about men. When I'm with a man, I constantly think about women. Do you experience that, and how do you deal with it? It's kind of a semi similar question, and like I definitely identify with that because when I identified as straight and was only um, with women, mm-hmm. I definitely thought more about men, especially leading up to doing it. And then the more that I experienced that and had less contact with women, I started to sort of swing back in my head the other way and miss being with women and mm-hmm. want to do that more. So I do think there is a little bit of grass is greener and it's it can be challenging to deal
1: with. Yeah, that's interesting because I don't, I actually don't know how much I feel that um, oh, yeah? in my personal life. I don't, I don't know if I've ever felt like a moment where it's been gendered in that way, I yeah. guess. But also I think that's kind of a presentation of like what my bisexuality is, that it's a much more queer kind of thing as opposed to spectrum-y kind of thing.
0: I think that makes sense to me too. It was for me very binary male-female, but actually now sort of something I'm most interested in is like dating more queer people regardless of
1: gender. And actually, since we've kind of already touched on it, one question I get all the time, and we got it from a couple of people like, what is the difference between pansexual and bisexual? Okay. Right? Because that's kind of attacks the, the gender question to some yeah. extent.
0: Um, yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, I identify as pansexual also and bisexual. And to me, they mean similar things. I think some people who identify as pan would say that the difference for them is that they can be attracted or have relationships regardless of gender, so the gender Mm -hmm. doesn't matter, whereas technically bisexual means that you are attracted to people of your same gender and also of a different gender. That's the bi and bisexual. Some people falsely believe that it means you're only attracted to male and female. And that is not historically what bisexual has meant, and it is not what most bisexual people take it to mean today. We define it as same as your gender or different, which to me includes any gender or non-gender conforming or...
1: Yeah. um, Well, and it's it's two or more. Right. It's two or more genders as opposed to, you know, men and women. Right. Right.
0: So Um, I think there's so much crossover between pan and bi, but I understand that some people prefer to identify as pan and explain those reasons.
1: And, you know, like, while there's pan and there's bi, and I, too, identify with both of those labels fully, you know, I also, I just use queer, as I've talked about a little bit already on here. And queer just kind of is People always
0: ask, what does queer mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for me, queer is just such an umbrella term that it captures gender, sex, sexuality and gender expression even, and, and just kind of like almost a life and a political kind of approach to yeah. some extent too.
0: Yeah, I also identify as all three of those and as queer, and I th- like identifying as queer because it connects me to the whole LGBT community. I think sort of anyone in that community yeah. can claim that label, and that unifies all of us, which I yeah. think is, you know, at the end of the day, very important to recognize what unifies us over what divides us. Yeah. Yeah. Next question, how did you come out to others, and what was their reaction? It was a very slow, step-by-step process, and I did not really decide to come out to people at first. It just sort of happened naturally in a way. Like, I just couldn't hold it in any longer with certain people. And the reactions from pretty much everyone that I told was really positive, And that was helpful in terms of each one making me more comfortable
1: telling the next person. And when I came out as bi, I think it was pretty simple for me. I essentially came out right away, and I came out via Facebook. And I just kind of launched it out in the world, made sure everybody on the planet knew. And, you know, there wasn't much of a negative reaction or anything. I still remember one person saying, because I had identified as gay previously, you can't be, like, talking about how you're grossed out by boobs and then identify as bi the next second. (laughs) <laughs> and because like I had that had been part of my gay identity, had been kind of like being a little bit of a misogynistic a little bit uh-huh. um, in the way I talked about like women's bodies kind of thing. But to them, I say like enjoy your monosexual privilege yeah. uh, because I don't think he she understood kind of how how complex it could be for a bi person and how why that might be the case, why I might have been saying those things.
0: Totally. I also just want to mention that like I think our very positive experiences coming out, are not always typical and I definitely think some of it's related to white male privilege that like it was easier for us to do that without as much shame and stigma and repercussions and I think it is really healthy for me and for most people to be able to be out and feel comfortable expressing yourself but it's it is a difficult decision a don't need to do it before you're ready. And B, there can be very real consequences to coming out depending on your situation. Like we live in New York City and I have a yeah. lot of progressive liberal friends. Yeah, exactly. So But not everyone lives in places like that or has that circle. And so you know, it's it's important to be careful yeah, and only completely. do it when
1: you're ready. Completely, yeah. And actually, Rob, I'm curious, uh, a question came up recently. Like, specifically at you, why do you think it took so long for you to realize you were bi in comparison Mm. to me?
0: Right, because I was close to 30, and you were, like, basically in college. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a couple reasons for that. One is that I think if you can pass for straight, which I could, and I also could pass in my own head as straight because I knew I was attracted to women, Hmm. and at a young age I didn't have a strong attraction to men— that if you can, you do. If it's easy enough, you do it and and you learn from such a young age to repress any other thoughts and just to not consider those other thoughts important, that it felt pretty easy through most of my 20s to do that. And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel even conflicted about it. So I didn't think about it and reflect on that. Only once these moments started adding up, when I was in my late 20s, did I even realize it. And then I think, by that time, I dealt with it relatively quickly. Whereas, like, for you, I think, you yeah, realized I mean, you were gay or thought you were gay pretty quickly, right?
1: Yeah, it was very, I mean, it was kind of on the opposite side where I couldn't pass as straight because I had already come out as gay. Right. Um, and you knew and you were I, attracted to guys. And it could pass as gay, but there was no benefit to passing as gay. So it made it easier to, to explore bisexuality in the same way.
0: Right. But I also think there's another reason, which is that, I'm seeing even just in, like, the last five years a lot more visibility and a lot more awareness of this stuff and a lot more bi and pan people. And, mm-hmm. like, I never saw that growing up. I never had bi friends, barely any gay friends, whereas, like, you said you knew bi people in college. You heard that yeah, term when, I was, when you
1: were younger. When I got to college, I heard so many people identifying as pansexual.
0: And all of a sudden, it was
1: a super easy conversation to, like, understand. And I was like, oh, that makes sense.
0: Right. And so I came to it later in life, but we are nine years apart in age. And we actually both sort of came out as bi around the same time, like around 2016,
1: 2017. The world had a bi uprising that year, I think. Yeah. 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 And we were just swept up in it. Right. Easy.
0: It, It was in the air for both of us. Yeah. 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 Uh, Next question. How do you deal with the constant coming out that seems to be inherent to bisexuality? Good Hmm. question.
1: Um, Maybe I'll take this one real quick and and just say the constant coming out uh, is frustrating because, yeah, there's no situation in the entire world except on this podcast. And if I'm simultaneously with a man and a woman that somebody knows I'm bi. So, yes, the coming out process is a little bit more necessary on an ongoing basis for me to feel like I'm living honestly. So that has been frustrating in a lot of ways, you know, and, and it's just meant that I've been even more vocal as like feeling like I even more need to speak up and identify mm-hmm. proudly as bi.
0: People make assumptions about your sexuality based on what partner you're with. So like mm-hmm. they'll assume you're straight if you're with, uh, like if I'm with a woman and they'll assume I'm gay if I'm with a man and Often I want to correct that because I want people to know who I really am. But I sometimes feel that I'm like I don't want to be offending my partner and that if I am asserting my bisexuality Mm. in front of them, I might be hurting them in some way or making them feel like I'm only half interested in them, which is not true. That can be challenging in situations like that. Here's another question. How do partners or people you're dating react when they find out that you're bi? Huh. And I guess, like, how do you come out to people that you're dating?
1: Yeah, I guess I was going to say that's kind of the, the real question. There. Yeah. Almost like, how, how do you even tell a partner? You know, and I think in my experience, it very much so varies. You know, I can think of one person who reacted extremely well and kind of was seemed very in touch with the bi experience and, and had no hesitation about that, understood kind of what I might be thinking and why I was hesitant about telling them. Right? Man or woman. Uh, it was non-binary folk, actually, oh, in person, actually. I shouldn't um,
0: have asked the question in such a yes, binary way. Yes, oh my problematic. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. I should have said, um, what gender was it? Okay, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I'm still trapped in the binary.
1: Yeah, yeah. we all are okay. a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, well, and speaking to that person, I also think it the reason I felt comfortable and the reason why it went well is probably because they were non-binary, right? right uh-huh. So we're already outside of that binary, so they weren't necessarily assuming that I was straight or gay. But I can also think of you know negative experiences, of course, where people are, are very much so like averse to the idea. Or they'll even say something like, like oh, I don't date bi people. like mm, Literally yeah. just out like that. It's wild. Yeah, um, yeah. It is wild that they have that kind of guts.
0: I would say... With men, it feels easier to come out and I do it pretty quickly. Like if I'm meeting people on an app, it says that I'm bisexual on the app. So that is out of the way. And if I meet a guy in person, I don't bring it up right away. Like I don't say, hey, I'm bi. But as soon as the word gay comes up or if anything related to my sexuality comes up, I take the opportunity right away now to correct it or to come out as Mm -hmm. bi yeah. And most guys, I would say, are pretty cool with the bi identity. I've never really had a guy no longer be interested because I'm bi. And sometimes more interested.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, whereas with women, I haven't dated that many women lately because I've been in a relationship for about a year. With a non-binary person. Who is producing this podcast. But I did come out to a few women who I dated. Most of them didn't react so great uh, like yeah. there were a couple just like first dates where when I brought it up, th- I could sense the tension and things got very uncomfortable. And like I just didn't see that person again or someone I went on a couple dates with who seemed OK with it. But then I just never heard from them again. Hmm. And who knows? That may or may not be because I'm bi. It could be yeah. because <laughs> of anything. There are a lot of reasons to not date me. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, then there have been other women since I've been coming out who have been really into it. Hmm. And that has been really
1: great. Uh, sometimes I feel like the only positive experiences are with, like, bi folks, right? Like, when I yeah. come out as bi and they, it's a yeah. good response, I'm like, you're probably bi too, right? Like, I don't actually that's say true. that, but, like, it usually turns out to be the case in my experience.
0: Yeah, that's true. The positive response I had was a straight woman. But in general, I've had more negative reactions from straight women that I've wanted to date and whereas bi women are pretty open to it.
1: Yeah. Um, here's another question that's sort of similar and kind of speaks to things on a broader level. Rob, why do you think only 27% of bi people are out?
0: It's a good question, and it's it's crazy low compared to gay and lesbian people, as we mentioned last and time. And straight people. And straight yeah, people. So much yeah. lower. Yeah. Um, and I think like it's because bi people are aware of what is happening in the world, and they're aware that many people will be confused and that by this identity and that there's a lot of shame and stigma and they just don't want to deal with that and they can mm-hmm. pass as one or the other like mm-hmm. we both did and so if you can it can feel easier to do that and like if you have a family in your by if you come out it can threaten that sometimes especially if your partner doesn't really understand fluid sexuality and so there are very real risks to coming out instead of just passing also The fact that only 27% of bi people are out leads to all these bad health outcomes because it is challenging for your mental health to have all these thoughts that you don't feel you can express with the people around you and the people you love. And so that's why bi people have much worse health outcomes, especially mental health outcomes. They have higher suicide ideation and all sorts of things. And we don't talk about that enough. And I think a lot of that is related to the fact that so many people don't feel comfortable coming out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Why don't uh, you... Yeah. You have another question?
0: Yeah. How about this? Let's talk about asexuality a little because somebody asked, can a bisexual person be asexual?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. So I identify you... on the asexual spectrum and... What does that mean? So asexuality overall is the lack of attraction or lack of sexual attraction to other people. But um, it's a
0: spectrum so that but, at the extreme end,
1: they just don't have sex, but then,
0: but there's, then a, there's different levels of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everybody has, I mean, we all know that people have sex drives, right? Like, right. And, and some people have higher sex drives than others, right. right? And really, it's it's just kind of a a more focused version of that, essentially, that like hinges on an identity, right? And I've experienced a lot of demisexuality in my life, which just What's means... That? That my sexual attraction doesn't come until I've had some kind of romantic attraction generally. But that basically
0: Um, means like you wouldn't be as interested in like anonymous sex with some stranger that you want to have an
1: emotional connection first. And it means that generally I do have less sex kind of thing, right? And even though I'm bi, I don't have sex with every man and every woman and every trans and non-binary person that I come across. Okay. So to get at this
0: question, though, like, even if you're all the way on one end of the asexual spectrum and you have no interest in in actual sex, you could still be bisexual? There's
1: romantic attraction and then there's sexual attraction. Right. And... Perhaps somebody's biromantic and asexual, right. um, and maybe they use bisexual as, like, the term that people are more familiar with. Right,
0: um, right. I agree. Like, if you're bisexual, it has the word sexual in it, but it is broader than that. It's not just about sex. It's also about your emotional connections and your romantic connections. So you could be bisexual yeah. and asexual, I
1: think. Yeah, completely. Um, here's a question that I, that I saw and was a little, like, thrown by. Uh, it says, don't a lot of people who identify as bi turn out to be gay? And, you know, before you even say anything, uh, no, uh, I was gay first. I was gay, so if anything about this, like, theory that, like, when you become bi, you move to the other side of the spectrum... If that was true, then I'm going to be straight soon. So (laughs) I know I'm on the way, right? Well, yeah. Uh, No, I don't think that either. (laughs) Well,
0: to be fair, some people who are gay do identify as bi first as a stop along the way. That is a true thing that happens. But that doesn't mean that everyone who identifies as bi is going to turn out to be gay in the end. That part is a myth. And it's probably because bisexuals are so invisible that that myth persists because there are more bisexuals than gay and lesbian people.
1: Yeah. There 52%
0: yeah. of the community is bi. So the idea that all those bi people are going to be gay is not accurate.
1: Yeah. Completely.
0: Here's another question. Isn't it risky to date a bi person? Can bi people really be satisfied with one partner?
1: Um yeah. I yeah. think one, yeah, I think that works out. <laughs> you know, and it's it's hard for people to imagine, like, a bi person who's interested in all kinds of bodies being, like, satisfied by one. Um, and some bi folks don't just stick to one body, right? Like, there's, right. there is a, a lot of kind of polyamory and, and multiple relationships going on in the bi world. But that doesn't mean that a bi person can't just be strictly monogamous, yeah. never cheat on anyone. I don't think I've ever had, like, a sexual encounter, for example, where... I felt like I needed something else or I needed someone else there. Like those other pieces that if I'm with a man, you know, a woman has like I'm fine without like it's perfectly okay as is.
0: I think I get this question a lot and it's kind of frustrating and it's one of the biggest myths about bisexuality. And actually another person asked, are bi people more poly? And Mm. I get why people ask that, because there are a lot of bi and poly people. Poly basically means You can be in multiple relationships at once. There's different forms. But they are totally different spectrums. There is some crossover. There are bi and poly people. There are bi and monogamous people. And bisexuality does not mean you need more than one person at any given time. It just means you are open to various types of people across the gender spectrum.
1: Yeah.
0: Next question. And this is actually a question that my mom has asked me as well, which is, what is fluidity? And I think for my mom's sake, before we get into what is fluidity, it's important to note that we're often talking about two different spectrums when we talk about this. So there's gender fluidity and sexual fluidity. And gender fluidity is about your own gender identity or expression, whereas sexual fluidity is about the gender of your partner or potential partners. And basically fluidity just means you're not locked into that binary of man woman, either for yourself or for your potential partners. Yeah.
1: Right? Maybe the best way to kinda of look at it is like fluidity is, is the ability for your gender, your sexuality, or your gender expression, maybe even to to change over time, to, right. to shift in some way. The thing I would say that like gender queer and gender fluid can mean similar things, and it just means that they don't necessarily fit into a gender that, like, they see in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. It's a a little bit more complex than that. Maybe it shifts. Maybe it's something in between a man and a woman. Maybe it's something kind of outside of that altogether. You know, being non-binary is kind of similar, just because non-binary means you don't identify as a man or a woman generally. You're not in that gender binary. And trans folks typically don't align with the gender that they were assigned with at birth. Um... They can align at the other end of that binary um, as a man or a woman, um, but they don't necessarily have to. They could identify as any of the terms that we just described, gender-fluid, gender-queer,
0: non-binary. So you could be a trans and non-binary person.
1: Yeah, completely. Plenty of those out there. There's all kinds of experiences of gender, and as the world at large is very fluid in all of these ways and very diverse, um, I think every individual person can feel that kind of fluidity in themselves.
0: Yes. I also think it's just important to remember that A lot of people who use these labels, it means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. And so the things that we've described may not apply to everyone. These are sort of generalizations that we're making to help explain this to people who are not in this community. But if you are ever talking to someone who identifies one of these ways, genderqueer, genderfluid, non-binary, trans, any combination, it's okay to ask them what that means for them because it may mean something different than what we've just said, and that's up to the person who identifies that way.
1: Yeah. And be okay if they don't want to answer that question and mm-hmm. just kind of move past it too. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody else asks, can you be bisexual and trans or non-binary? Yes. Yeah. Easy question. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Yeah, no. I think we can move on. No, we can, right?
0: we can briefly just say, yes, of course, because like we just said, those are two different spectrums, and some trans and non-binary people might only be interested in a certain gender, and some might not, and they might be bisexual. So it's totally possible. Yeah. Next question. Somebody asked us, what's your sign?
1: There's <laughs> your one sign? I can answer briefly. <laughs> I'm a Leo.
0: Okay. Is that the line? Wait, I think
1: I'm a I'm a Sagittarius rising. I have Dude, no idea actually, what, that,
0: what the fuck that means. Yeah, cool. Sorry, I'm getting
1: ahead. I'm getting out of control here, but uh, okay. I'm pretty sure those things are true.
0: Okay. I'm Pisces, and I don't know what I'm rising as. I'm the Pisces. You're a rising podcast
1: star. Yes. Right. You're <laughs> a rising podcast star. But the Pisces uh, is like
0: a two thing. It has like two fish, so maybe that's why I'm, Are more Pisces people buy? I bet they are. I have no idea. Sure. But, I like that. Well, if you know what our signs mean, please comment and tweet to us and tell us if it affects our bisexuality or relates in any way.
1: Yeah. Is a married person still bi? I get this asked this all the time.
0: So does that question mean, like, if you're bisexual and you marry someone, are you still bisexual if your partner has a gender, I guess? Like, Yes, well, like, of course, right?
1: Yeah. Just because your actions are maybe entirely with one gender now, mm-hmm. that doesn't erase your attractions.
0: Right. Picking a partner does not change anything about your openness to experience or your ability to be attracted to anyone it just means you've chosen that person to spend your life with and that's great and most people in the world probably are monogamous and so that makes sense and actually this makes me think of a question that comes up a lot that people ask me which is like are you still bisexual mm-hmm. and i think what people get confused between like fluidity and bisexuality like some people think Well, if you're fluid, does that mean you're fluid between gay, straight, and bisexual or something? And actually, like, I I don't see it that way. In my life, I will be fluid maybe, and I may prefer men or be with women, but bisexuality allows for all of that fluidity. And so I am still bisexual, and most people who identify as bisexual maintain that for the rest of their life because it allows for that fluidity.
1: What about this one, Rob? Uh, Are women more bi than men?
0: That's a good question. I think that right now, actually, we know from the statistics that there are more women who identify as bi than there are men. So technically, right now, I would say yes. But I also think it's important to remember that there is a little bit more stigma and shame associated with male bisexuality that I think especially guys don't feel that it fits into their version of masculinity, or that like in order to maintain masculine norms, they can't express sexual fluidity. Well, and, and, and there's more
1: repercussions. And because like being attracted to men is a feminine thing, like right, like it that is, is perceived a, that, is that a, way. A, it is perceived that like It's a traditionally way. feminine thing, though. Like traditionally, being, yes. Whereas like being attracted to women is a masculine trait, and masculinity is something that's. That's kind of put on its pedestal, and, right? Um, yeah, so I think, simplifying it a little bit, but
0: yeah, but I think we can change that. And I think bisexuality in men is really hot, and I know a lot of women that think it's really hot. And yeah. so I think that in the future, like both men and women, regardless of gender, have equal capacity for queerness and capacity yeah. to be bi. Yeah. But I do think right now it's a bit uneven.
1: Yeah,
0: it's still very gendered.
1: Yeah, there's no, like, scientific evidence that either sex or either gender is, Is like, experiencing more bisexuality in any way. Right, right. So another question that somebody asked is, uh, what's the first media representation of bi men you remember seeing?
0: Not much from early on. The first thing I can think of is, unfortunately, Kevin Spacey in House of Cards as Mm. Frank Underwood, which is super problematic now on the Kevin Spacey level because he is credibly accused of harassment and assault, but also because of that character who was by, he really used his bisexuality to have power over yeah. people with less power in the story. Yeah. And also he was a murderer and stuff. Spoiler. Um, so that was not great bi representation. Yeah. But actually the first great representation that I can think of is Game of Thrones, Sir Oberyn. And he was so awesome and he's introduced with his female partner. He goes into this brothel, but they're both seducing this young hot guy. Mm. And he's just like so confident about it. And he's so awesome and badass. And I remember loving that portrayal and being so excited by that character. Have you ever been with a prince? Can't say I have, and wildly expensive. Take off your clothes. Which way do you like it? My way.
1: Yeah. What about you? What's the this, first thing you could remember? You I actually just thought of it. So it's a little different because it's not a by man actually that mm-hmm. I remember as first seeing, but I don't think it mattered in this case because it still in retrospect was impactful. But I remember watching Buffy, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer and mm-hmm. Willow dates a man for the first three seasons or so, played by Seth Green, and then ends up meeting a girl. There was an episode where she was like kind of torn between her ex, who was a man, and her current girlfriend. And it was presented to me as a very bi experience right there.
0: That's good that was there. I never watched Buffy. I should have. Yeah. Yeah. There was also Transparent, which... um, That's true. Which didn't really necessarily have many bi male characters, but both of the sisters were bi, clearly. Mm -hmm. But that also Um, makes sense because it matches society because it's harder for guys to come out. So I I think that show was great by representation overall. And then there's Uh, been a lot more recently, um, like Schitt's Creek is doing really great things with their pansexual character. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has a bi character. It's a female bi character, so not male, but like the way that they handled it was so great. And actually using the word bisexual on a network TV show was very cool. Uh, I cried
1: when I saw it. Isn't there a um, show called The Bisexual too?
0: There's a show called The Bisexual. There Another you go.
1: great show that counts. Yes, that definitely makes the list. Yeah, but it's a woman, right? It's a
0: woman, uh, but still
1: cool. But it's Love a it. great
0: show that I loved. Good representation of that experience. Yeah, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has a bi male character, and they hmm. had really good storylines for him too.
1: Uh, so we save this question for last because it's, like, the funnest one, maybe. Uh, so what do you consider to be the greatest buy perk, and what is the hardest part? I kind of like that buy perk. Like, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like that.
0: I think the hardest part is that I am not always believed or the fear of not being believed that I actually am buy. And, like, the biggest barrier to coming out for me was... I was afraid people would think I was gay and I was afraid that women who I might want to date would not want to date me cuz they would think I was gay and I still wanted to continue dating women. So I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. Um what's the hardest part for you?
1: I would say that the hardest part is being assumed to be like hypersexual. So like be seen through the sex that I have. Mm-hmm. I guess is the easiest way of putting it. Right. So like I come out as bi and then somebody's like threesome like that's that's an actual response and it's like like no i don't want a threesome probably you know like my demisexual side is it comes out in that moment is like what why why would i want to
0: right i think we both feel our bisexual identity is about so much more than sex it's almost a political worldview and so people often do reduce it down to just sex
1: yeah completely what about the the bi perk
0: what's your bi perk i think my favorite thing about being bi is like that anything is possible, really. And that, like, it is... Being by has exposed me to all these new queer spaces where unexpected things are happening. And, like, I like that. I have a high openness to experience, and I really like having new experiences. And by in addition to being just about gender, has opened me up to all other types of things, too, and relationships with people and new ways of looking at things. And so... It just opens up so many fun possibilities.
1: Actually, similarly, I like what you were saying at the end. Like, the possibilities are great and all of that. The sexual possibilities are a good thing, right? Like, but I think, honestly, like, it goes far beyond the sexual and romantic variety that I'm afforded. And more about kind of what labeling is by... And being openly bi has allowed me to see in the world around me. And in myself, too, from a gender standpoint. Since being bi, I'm able to hold such different roles in my relationships, I mm-hmm. guess is the easiest way to, to put it. That, like, I can inhabit, like, a more masculine and more feminine role. And, like, depending on the person, that feels comfortable. And that was always a possibility, but it's just easier now. And actually, likewise, like, I, I feel like I'm able to see other people in a less gendered way. Like, I, I see their other factors before their gender, to yeah. some extent. Gender has frustrated me so much in my life in the way that we're a gendered world that seeing the world as less gendered yeah. has really just given me a lot of benefit.
0: I agree, and, and I would add, like, my bisexual identity has made me see intersectionality in a whole new way and has helped me see that all mm-hmm. these categories that we put people in and then treat people based on are constructs and mostly bullshit and like it's helped me like you said focus on the person and the content of our relationship or interaction and not to group people in arbitrary ways
1: yeah those generalizations very quickly kind of lose their their appeal
0: right and not just about sexuality but all different types of categorizations
1: yeah And I guess that wraps us up for now. Um, I think that's a good closing off point. Thank you all for all of your questions. I hope we answered some of them at the very least. Um, And if you have more, keep them coming.
0: And we also have some great guests coming up in the next handful of episodes. Uh, Next episode features Jay Christopher, perhaps best known as the first bisexual Grand Marshal of the Pride March. Um, which is very cool, but he also has been doing activism in this space for many, many years. He's also an artist and a writer. He's also an anti-bias educator. And so he has a lot of great perspectives and insight to share about this stuff next week.
1: Super exciting and a great interview.
0: So thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next week.
1: Our music is by Ross Mincer, graphic design by Caitlin Weinman, This podcast is edited by Moxie Pung and is also produced by Moxie Pung, Matt Loomis, Rob Cohen, and me, Alex Boyd. Thanks for listening to Two Bye Guys.